Okay, then I guess I'll get started. Welcome everyone. It's lovely to see you. There's so many of you. My heart is just pitter pattering. <laughs> so I think we'll start with, we'll sit for about 15 minutes and come back. There's still people arriving. Um, Maria, do I need to wait until everyone's arrived or shall we start? No, we can begin. Okay, then we'll go ahead and start sitting.
Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one to nature, thus harmonizing all being. So, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening to all of you. I'd like to start um, to say uh, how much of an honor it is for me to be here today, to be part of this esteemed group, student of Flint's, Flint's Dharma, Dharma, Dharma heir. Um, I'm very, very, very grateful for that. And I'd also like to express my overwhelming gratitude for both my primary teachers, Peg and Flint. Um, Peg, especially because of her constancy and availability. When she was here at Appamana, she was here every day saying, you know, would let, would see anybody for Dharma, uh, Dharma discussion. So that was always wonderful. And then her clarity and wisdom, which was so appreciated on so many subjects. And lastly, her strong sense of protection and care for the Sangha, the forms, and the teachings. From Flint, I have been the witness and recipient of his constancy of heart. It's been so powerful when someone, no matter what, will not give up on you. There is nothing like that anywhere, anytime. So I'm very grateful for both of you. And because of you and um, my practice, of course, and some hard work as well, uh, I guess I'm here today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'd like to talk today, um, I want to start out with a poem. I spent the last weekend reading a lot of poems, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm going to start with a poem today. The name of it is uh, Zazen on Qingting Mountain, and it's by Lin Po, or otherwise known as Li Bai. He's a, a Chinese, one of the old Chinese Chan poets. It goes like this, it's very short. <clears throat> the birds have vanished down the sky. Now the last cloud drains away. We sit together, the mountain and me, until only the mountain remains. 
Um, so I'd like to talk today about presence and awareness. Why presence? Presence, one would say, could say, oh, it's kind of a basic thought, right? And it is. It's also an essential one for this practice. <clears throat> it's also probably important in the middle of whatever we're doing or in the middle of our life and also important at the end. So that's why I wanted to talk about it today. So um, what do I mean by presence? I think most people probably already know what presence is. It's being here, being now, being aware of what's going on. So let's, let's do a little practice um, of presence right now. So let's look at the body. You don't have to look at it, just sense the body. I'm going to start with the feet. How are those feet today? Do they hurt? Is there tension? Or are they just ready to dance? How are those feet? And how are the ankles? Do they hurt? Are they tight? Are they loose? Are they crickety? And how are the calves? What are they like today and at this moment? Do you have pain? Do you have tension? Or are they just okay? And then the knees. How are the knees? The knees tight, painful. Are they swollen? Are they just functioning well. And then the legs, the upper legs, the thighs, how are they? Same questions. Tension, tightness, pain. They're doing well. And then there's the hips. How are those hips? Are they moving well? Today, are they tight, are they stiff, are they painful, are they out of balance? And then we go up to the trunk, up through the belly. How's the belly? Is it soft? Is it hard? Is it grumbling? Is it happy? Just check in there. And then, and then the chest, how is the chest? everything moving as it should? Is your heart beating steadily? Is it beating fast? Is it beating slow? How does it feel? Is it warm? And then the shoulders where we carry so much tension, many of us. How are your shoulders today? <clears throat> And then the arms, are they tight? Are they painful? Are they fine? And the elbows and the forearms. And then the hands, 
Are the hands warm? Are they cool? Are they rigid? Are they soft? Are they moving well? And then the neck. How is the neck today? We also carry a lot of, a lot of us carry tension in the neck. It affects a lot of other parts of the body. <clears throat> is it tight? Is it sore? Is it soft? And then we'll go to the head. Is there any tightness around the eyes or the mouth? So that's the body. And of course, that's the teachings of the Buddha, contemplation of the body. It's presence. We're present with our body. We know how our body is. So we can start with the body and then we can check in on how we're breathing, the awareness of breathing. And then we can start to move out from our body and check out our environment, the sounds that you might hear. The sound of my voice, for example. Perhaps you hear a fan running or a refrigerator running or some such mechanized noise. What's it like to be here in this place right now? Let's push a little bit further out. Let's go to the street. Can we be present of the cars that may be going up and down the street? Maybe an ambulance and those paramedics that are working hard, tending to someone who is ill. And do you hear the birds? Are there birds near you? And we can go as far out as you want to go. And this is presence. And this to me is the place to start, not only our practice, but this with a certain presence and awareness. We can actually experience not only our physical world, but we can also experience the true nature, our true nature and the true reality. We can experience how interconnected we are. When we stop and look and listen and feel and smell and taste and touch, we begin to understand how interconnected we really are. And that's important. It's not just a thing, it's, it's the truth of the matter. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference if we're aware of these things because it will determine how we act, how we speak with others and with the world at large, with the environment. It also makes a difference because 
if we're really paying attention, <clears throat> we can open ourselves, open ourselves to the true reality, open ourselves to the Dharma. Let the Dharma flow through us and encourage liberating moments when we can say or do something to make something better for someone else, for something else. To me, that's what we're up about, you know? And it'll make a tremendous difference in your life, in all of our lives, and in the world. So I guess I'm done for now. Thank you. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please bring them forward. I'll do the best I can. Now I've arrived. There you are. <laughs> Takes a moment to switch over. Uh, thank you for your uh, kind words. Um, and also for your presence. And I, I, <clears throat> I wanted to go back to the, the initial poem that you, you read. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's brief enough, I think, would it would be okay if you read it again? Because I, I have a question. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> the birds have vanished down the sky. Now the last cloud drains away. We sit together, the mountain and me, until only the mountain remains. Right, that, that, <clears throat> that last bit, especially, although there's a, it seems like there's some sort of dropping away. Um, how, how do you understand that only the mountain remains? I'm understanding it as it all becomes one. It's all manifesting in the mountain. And we, we hear that kind of thing. It all becomes one. Um, which is what I get. And uh, there's a certain beauty, of course, in the way the poem unfolds and the way you read it. Uh, I, I love the way you read it. And I was wondering what your experience, how would you say it from your own experience, this um, only the mountain remains or only the tree in your backyard or only whatever. Can you say more about that? Because sometimes I think it gets to be a little, it's esoteric. We kind of have an idea, but. I'm glad you're asking. Um, just because I can always use clarity. Um, so my, I want to lower this. I guess I can't. Um, so my understanding is that the ego is dropping away that at this point when you're you're aware and so it's take away the mountain and the birds and all that i mean if you just you're in a moment where um being in this, this state of awareness or meditation and you become one with what's going on so this this is where the, the skillful means comes in you know it's just a kind of a an uh, um, interaction, but it's not separate. It's just like all together. Does that make sense? 
yeah, yeah. You're what you're doing with your own body. There's some. Oh, there's a flow. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're describing of the whole mm -hmm. one thing happening, mm -hmm. instead of me, the mountain, the birds, the clouds, everything that begins to. They're still there. It's not like they go away. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a. I guess you were talking about presence with, and I would say intimacy with also, and mm -hmm. and uh, intention, because mm -hmm. it's. I like the fact that you began with that deep sense of embodied presence and attention, because it's only through that embodiment that we, I think, actually begin to feel the reality of these, these things. So, and that's foundational in the Buddhist teachings and it's foundational in Zen practice where we use physical forms to help us uh, in that way. So I just thought it would be useful to hear you speak a little more about that because it was such a beautiful beginning and then a nice practice to open us to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We have Eileen next. Hi, Laurie. Hi, Eileen. How are you? I am very, very good. Um, I have been waiting for this moment for you to um, speak as a teacher in inquiry. I have been thinking about I want to open by thanking all of my teachers, of which you were and are one. Uh, in my earliest beginnings coming into Buddhism at Appamata when I was just a little tiny baby there, <laughs> Peg, Peg was kind enough to pair me up with you at my very first retreat, and I was to attend altars with you. I remember. <laughs> and um, what I recognize now is the sense of presence that you brought that was, I don't know if it was, I felt a sense of fear, not from you, but from um, wondering what that was and wondering how I might find something of that in myself. And it has taken almost this long, it's almost seven years now, uh, and I was sitting with another one of my wonderful teachers this morning by coincidence who spoke to me, Suzanne, who spoke to me of presence. And I am so grateful that today you have opened your talk on the same matter. And I just want to thank you from my heart for your tender kindness towards me, which I have never, ever forgotten and which helped carry me forward on the path. So, thank you very much. Thank you, Eileen. It, it, is a, it was a treasure for me to be working with you. Yeah. We have Joel next. Lori. Hi, Joan. How are you? Uh, I am just great. Um, and I am going to be uh, continuing with what Eileen said. Uh, I think all of us have uh, benefited so from your Thursday uh, reflections. And uh, those of us that have been lucky, like I have, to actually experience and be in your presence um, have witnessed uh, what a wonderful experience that is. I have never felt more heard 
than I have when I've been with you. And um, you're so generous when I ask for advice and how to do things. And I wonder if it's possible for you to just share with us how you go about being present with us, with everything in the world, how you walk into that moment. Well, um, it, actually, uh, I think it's, I, it seems like I talk about it every week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I'm curious and um, I have an, a natural inclination, a natural, a natural curiosity for one and, and That's part of it. Um, so I, I like to look at things and observe things and partially. And also, more importantly, um, I, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but I, I make a point um, as, as often as I think about it to, and I've said things I think before, that. I try to stop frequently and no matter what I'm doing, this can be dangerous, don't do it while you're driving, but just stop and, and kind of expand my awareness a little bit, you know, and, and that to me is, is the presence, you know, it's just paying attention like this. And I remember when I was uh, asking you for um, wisdom with doing practice discussion, and you said, when you go into practice discussion, regardless of what you know about a person, you try to put that all behind you and meet them where they are now. Really? I said that? You did. I thought it was so that's funny. It doesn't matter who they were then. Who are they now? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for your practice, Laurie. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. And we have Chris next. Hi, Chris. I want to talk to you. I'll tell you why. I I guess I can tell you. that Flint had some work of yours where you were talking about reading text and so forth from the perspective of uh, experience as opposed to, and I thought, oh yeah, yeah. I, that was what how I kind of arranged my poetry thing. So yeah, so I really would like to talk to you about that sometime. There. Well, oh, thank you, thank you, Lori. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, would love to talk with you more and um, good to be face to face with you right now. Um, so I need, uh, I need some help with how to live life. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, 
no, it's not a no, no. It's kind of a, just an exciting thing. And so I thought, well, there's something I want to ask you about that might help. And Joan um, was really a quick draw and a sharpshooter. And I think sort of beat me to it because I wanted to ask you about your process of reflection or poetry selection or poetry writing or song selection when you share that because um, mm -hmm. I always do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So maybe maybe I'll invite you to deepen into something that you shared in response to Joan. Because mm -hmm. I think hearing about your process of your, your creative process in that I am suspecting helps me with the with my creative process of living life, okay? You yes. mentioned curiosity. Yes. How do you, how do, you do curiosity? What, what, how do you do curiosity and maybe how is that also connected to our practice? Okay, curiosity well, for me is a really big thing. I mean, also I should make this clear and I didn't mention it before, is nature is a very important part of my life. So um, I, I draw a lot from nature. I, I think there's a lot of answers there um, to things out in nature. And a lot of, I probably feel my best when I'm in nature. You know, I feel most at home in nature. Um, I mean, that's just me. But um, yeah, so I, I mean, as far as, well, you're talking about life, I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> I um I spend a lot of I'm spending more time just going out. I walk my dog a lot. I go out and I walk around, and I just look at things and the things that draw my attention. So what draws my attention are usually animals. Or, I mean, just about anything. I'm pretty much of a um, yeah. I'm easily entertained. So, you know, I can watch squirrels for hours because they're so playful and they're so funny. You know, I'm amused by them. So I just go out and look at things. Or I love to watch hawks. You know, they're just these incredible, powerful animals. So I, it's that. I just go out and do what I like to do, which is walk in nature and look at things and see what's going on in the neighborhood, you know, or wherever I am. And then it inspires me, you know, um, and I just write down what I think. And then the music, I just... Sometimes songs will come to me. My brother actually sends me some songs, a lot of good music. He's got better taste. Well, he's got a different taste. He knows all the classical stuff, but he'll send me stuff. So I use that. It's a good source of music. And, and then I just, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what my process, it's just kind of automatic. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? I just, you just say, oh, you know, maybe that would work. Or you li I listen to music for hours actually. <laughs> what happens what happens when something does sort of capture your attention like that and you stay with it what what's happening for you then like what's the felt okay so, uh, when I'm looking at something that I'm really fascinated it's just like I'm thoroughly engrossed you know I mean you're just thoroughly engrossed and totally connected with this creature or whatever it is so I think it's the the connection, it's not just blithely looking. It's, you know, I, I mean, I talk to these things <laughs> um, sometimes. Now you're gonna know my crazy parts. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's a curiosity plus 
caring about things, you know, and just, does that help? So much, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have Richie next. Hey, Richie. There you go. Yeah. How are you? You all right? I'm good, actually, considering all things. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> it was your poem. I was like, think I was thinking about your poem, and um, I was wondering if it meant. For me, anyway, this is what I was thinking when you when you read it. That it's like when you manage to calm everything down and you're just very still and you're totally present to everything that's happening around it. It's like um, the inner story stops, and so does it is when it says there's just a mountain. There really is because that's all that's going on in your mind. It's just what's happening on the mountain, and that's what it made me think. So that's why you would be like one with the mountain because your mind is just full of what's happening in the mountain and not what we're thinking about in our lives. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I totally agree with, um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, I, I totally agree with you with one being oh yeah that's it that you're dropping everything i probably didn't say that earlier is you're you're dropping you're dropping your when when yeah when you're in awareness like that you 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 drop your opinions you drop your your agenda and your stories it's just not there it's just not there so it's so it's this it's the connection you know it's the connection between it's this it's this is to it's it's like a circuit, you know, that's connected. Because we're all energy, aren't we? Everything's energy. So you're like energy connected to all the other energy that's going on around, you know, even the ground's like energy, isn't it? Yeah. I, um, I was talking to somebody about that just the other day. Was it Joel, maybe? Somebody. Um, talking about the energy um, thing. But yeah, it's like that. Mm. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking of it as just being consciousness that that's all that was in the conscious awareness was just the mountain and nothing else and that's, I was wondering if that's what he meant as well when he said it was all one but it's uh, like yeah, a, I think it's all one consciousness yeah mm. yeah I would call it all, all one consciousness and then you've tuned in you've plugged into the, the, the you know the, the whole consciousness the one consciousness I mean we're all interconnected I mean we're all connected in that, whether we're yeah, open yeah. to it or not is a different matter, right? Yeah. Well, thanks. I enjoyed doing that. And I, I got as far as the sea when I was doing my awareness. I was, I was taking it. Oh, fine. Yeah, it was, it was a really nice experience. So thank you for that. That was good. It helps when someone talks you through it as well, I find. It. Yeah. It's sometimes hard to do it on my own, but when someone's guiding you through it, it's much easier to sort of feel what. So thank you. You're welcome, Richie. Thank you. Have Joel next. Hi. Hi, Joel. Hi. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. It's wonderful to see you in this seat. Mm -hmm. Um. 
I wanted to say that I am also struck by the image of the of the mountain and the joining with the mountain and and it just it spoke to me of something that that I feel like I've learned from you. Uh, we are we are in uh, we have been for years in a training cohort at Alpamata uh, with Flint and and Peg and uh, Todd and others along the way. Um, and um, just as part of that process, it happens that you and I have, have been, I think, as vulnerable and as open with each other as anybody I know. Uh, and, and, and what I have learned from you from those moments is how generously, how genuinely, first of all, you uh, share what's going on, and it may be very difficult. Uh, and then, and then there's a way in which you access something, which I, I'm thinking of as equanimity, or there's always a, a quality of generosity and curiosity within it too. But it's like remembering the the source, remembering the base, remembering the foundation and having that available and that's just been it's something that i have learned from very deeply and um, could not have learned were you not so genuine in sharing the difficulties and and that's given me the courage to do the same and helped me learn to connect with these other qualities that that i think you know, one can get out of that short but evocative poem that you shared this morning. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Have Suzanne next. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Laurie. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, and I'll repeat what Joel said about how good it is to see you in this seat today. Um, and um, I'm, um, what caught my attention was on the other end of your talk, when you opened it up to everybody and you said, I'll do the best I can. Mm -hmm. I have heard or read uh, that phrase um, from a number of teachers, recent ancestors and and you know, long ago ancestors who have used it as a reminder and as a, a stimulus for compassion, mm. remembering we're all doing the best we can. Yeah. And it is helpful for me to stimulate compassion. But, but when my judge is kind of pretty sharp, is right up there, my judge is going, really? Like, this is the best you can do? <laughs> Um, when I'm, you know, when I hear something just way off the wall politically, um, or you know, something that's going on in our country that uh, that's harming people, and that comes up, and then I go, wait a minute, if it's true, we're all doing the best we can. Then what can my response be? So I just I wanted to 
ask you to say a bit more about doing the best we can. Yeah. 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 I mean, there certainly there are different situations like, um, you know, things that irritate us. Yeah. And, you know, I'll express my irritation. <laughs> Probably people don't really want to hear it, but <laughs> I'll hear it. And I can let go of it because it's not that big of a deal, right? <clears throat> and then you start to get into the political stuff and it's, you know, I feel like we have a responsibility to, to, to um, show our dissent or disagreement with what's going on. I think it's really critical. Mm -hmm. um, and I, th I think that, we, we should do that. And I also think that it, I can say should, it's a good idea, but also maintain the, realize at some level that this, these are, you are alluding to this, we're all human beings. Mm -hmm. And these people, some people that are doing what I think are insane and detrimental to, to life on this earth. Um, you know, if, if, if I had to deal with those people, I could deal with them, I think, on a human level, you know, you need a glass of water or, you know, you can deal with them on that level. Um, but, the, but, but, but I also think it's necessary to, to do both. <clears throat> um, and I think that we have to have compassion for ourselves when we don't always follow that, you know, when we're just railing and, you know, you can lash out at people. Yeah, well, thank you for saying all of that because what comes up for me is what is what I've heard the, the Dalai Lama say is that there is such a thing as idiot compassion, mm -hmm. which is just taking stuff and going, oh, okay. Oh, no. But rather going, okay, this person's doing the best they can and I need to speak to it. Yeah. And I need to say, this is not okay. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, it's, I think you're doing harm to oneself. Yes, yes, and and being complicit in peop other people being harmed. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for laying out the two there. Yeah. Okay, Lori. Thank you so much. Thank you, Susanna. Bye. Have Rosemary next. You're muted, oh. Rosemary. Hello, Lori. Hi, Rosemary. How are you? Um, hi. It is so nice to see you there. Um, and um, I apologize. I came in a little late. I must have come in after your attributions to all of your teachers. And then I came in with the poem. And um, what resonated for me was your um, bringing our attention to our presence and in particularly uh, starting with the body and all the kind of the body scan, all the parts of the body. And it was very, very helpful uh, for me because, you know, Flint is always saying, how simple can you make it? And when you start with the body, it really, for me, it really helps to, um, release, I guess, kind of like your poem, to release um, the thoughts, the worries, the uh, plans, the fears, the, um, 
uh, the wishes, the ideas, and um, everything that comes with all, because all of that is very complicated. Yeah. So um, starting with just just the idea of presence and then working um, with it through the parts of the body. And I love the fact that you started with the feet. Mm. You know, it's just, it's very basic. It's, it's where we're grounded, you know, on the earth. And um, so it was a, it was a wonderful reminder to me um, when so many, so much is going on in my mind. So yeah. I wanted to thank you for that. Thanks. You're welcome. I think most of us spend a lot of time in our heads and it can make us really miserable and just a simple exercise like that i mean you can be free you know it may come back but you have some freedom i did want to mention as you as you uh encouraged us to move further and further out in our in our space that there the reason i moved my my space is there are work every time there's a meditation with the group the guys are working on my terrace, which is very important. They're making my terrace safe. And the terrace is very precious to me, but it was so, they were so annoying to me for, to me today because I had to move. So I had to work through that, that annoyance <laughs> to, to the fact that they're doing some, they're taking care of me by being out there. Right. Just a minor, a very minor inconvenience. And so anyway, that was kind of an interesting <laughs> spreading out of the of my presence so thanks again thank you we have kim next hey kim so um uh 50 years ago, I came upon a koan, and um, your talk gave me a lot of insight into it. And what it was, was Robert Rauschenberg, the painter, went to see Wilhelm de Kooning, and Rauschenberg was friends with John Cage, so who, who was very well versed in Buddhism. So I'm sure uh, Rauschenberg also heard, maybe even the poem, but uh, Rauschenberg brings him a bottle of whiskey and asked him if he can erase one of his drawings. <laughs> and as you read the poem, and as I started thinking about it, this is kind of what happened. The drawing was erased between the man and the mountain and the clouds and the birds. Mm. And it all becomes well, I'd like to stop there. It all becomes. <laughs> Because we get in trouble, we say what, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, it was a really hard drawing to erase. I think he spent a long, long time at it. He really had to work at it. But that's kind of what we're doing, isn't it? Really erasing those those lines, the boundaries. Erasing the boundaries, yeah. But not the, the yeah, yeah. And there's still a lot left. I've seen the drawing and um, it's not like racing back to the, you know, blank piece of paper at all. Oh, okay. And that was important. So anyway, thank you for helping me with that koan. <laughs> as you've helped me with so many other things. <laughs> thank you, Kim. 
Oh, I think we're at our at our end. So let's do the last chant. I was kind of nervous when I started, so I put the book up here in case I forget it. How often have I said this chant? <laughs> All righty. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Laurie. That was wonderful. It was so wonderful to be guided back to, to the present, to hear sometimes we don't realise just how far we've travelled until we pay attention to our feet. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And um, thank you, everybody. And uh, if you'd like to make a contribution um, to Apamada, to its programmes and facilities, please go to the website at apamada.org forward slash contribute and here you'll see an opportunity to make a contribution to teachers such as Peg and Flint and Laurie and, and Todd and, uh, and Joel and, and anything at the other classes and, and programs that we offer. Thank you so much everybody. And we now move on to the next part of our morning, afternoon, evening, where we continue to connect and meet for a further 30 minutes. So if you'd like to stay right where you are and join us on the virtual porch, please do. I look forward to meeting some of you. Thank you so much, everybody.